Uh, prayer is so important to all of us. Uh, prayer is important uh, for the churches, whether they be in Africa or whether they're here in America. And uh, as he's mentioned, I know our nation certainly needs our prayers today and, uh, uh, and going forward. It's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm now 63 years old. Some of you are just about as my age. Uh, and, uh, and I don't know that I've seen, I, I could probably go back to 1968 or 69 and see that there were some desperate times back in those days, but uh, it feels different now. It's just a little different. It's similar but different, and uh, we need we need uh, we need to be in prayer for our churches and for our country. Uh, let's leave it there <laughs> for this morning. Let's turn over if we can. I've been talking quite a bit about uh, the last few times I've spoken. Been talking about discipleship and the fact that uh, Christ was calling people to be not just uh, church members. But he was calling them to be followers or disciples of him. And, and that doesn't just mean going and being baptized. It doesn't just mean coming to church on Sunday. It means if, if we're following Jesus Christ, then our lives begin to model the things that he taught uh, and the things that he was teaching us of loving one another, of, of loving our neighbor, loving our Lord, uh, uh, having a desire to be servants one of another and i'll add this as brother brother vincent was talking about you know heaven's real hell is real uh, i'll say this uh, loving our neighbor is real hating evil is also real we get we get all caught up in about you know well the bible tells us jesus said love our neighbors well he did he also tells us to hate evil uh, and the evil way, and not to be walking in those types of ways ourselves. And so uh, we need to be mindful that we're not to be lovers of everything, but lovers of the things that Jesus taught, and lovers of the thing in the way he, he led us. I want to turn over, like I said, if I can, uh, to the 22nd chapter of the book of Luke, uh, and uh, hope, there, hope that I can find there some, uh, some things that... Uh, uh, that was that was taking place this scene in this setting because what I want to talk about is discipleship and looking at it and I know that I won't be able to get real far into it this morning but so that you know that's the reason there's always the next time we get to talk and the next time we get to preach uh, after this and that's uh, uh, you know sometimes like these TV shows you know they kind of bring you right up to the edge of something and they go and they say next week. We'll talk about uh, that. Well, so next week we'll talk about some more of this. But I want to turn over here to the 22nd chapter of the book of Luke. And, and the, the scene and the setting uh, is the time when uh, Jesus was having the Last Supper with his uh, disciples. Uh, uh, if we turned over to the book of John, we would see he not only had the supper, he, had, uh, uh, he washed his disciples' feet. And uh, Peter was, of course, all carried away, you know, with the things. And, and I may turn over, if you hold your finger there in Luke chapter 22, might turn over to John chapter 13 uh, for just a moment. Uh, because uh, as, as Jesus was talking to his, uh, his disciples and he'd, he'd washed, washed their feet, Peter, Peter goes on and talks to Jesus and says, you know, I'll go wherever you want me to go, Lord. I'll go with you all the way. Whatever you need me to do, I'll do, right? Well, Jesus then, Jesus then looks at, at Peter and says, Simon, and verse, I'm going back to Luke 22 now. Uh, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you 
that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee. Oh, there we go, brother, brother Vincent. I have prayed for thee. Jesus had prayed for Peter. It was important that he prayed. He, it was important. That, you know, sometimes you pray for people, and they never know you're praying for them. Right? That, that happens all the time. You're in prayer. People do not even know that you're uttering a prayer for them. You know, and they don't have to know. But you know, sometimes it's important that they know. And, and in this case, it was important that Peter knew that Jesus was praying for him. Now, <laughs> the book of James tells us that the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Can you imagine what Jesus' prayers availed? <laughs> Whoa. Uh, uh, the prayer of Jesus, my friends, would have no doubt, uh, uh, no doubt every, time, every word he spoke, every thought he had was the Father knew intimately because the two are one. And as Jesus was praying for Peter, he listened to what he said. He says, but I prayed for thee, prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. Peter, I'm praying for you that you don't have a failure of your faith. <laughs> that your that your trust in God and your love for God doesn't fail. And he says, uh, and when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. Peter, I, you know, a lot of times today, and I'll just say this briefly, because it's, it's important for us to understand what we read in scriptures, right? This is the 22nd chapter of the book of Luke. It's the night of the Last Supper that, that the apostles had with Jesus, the night before he was carried away, uh, the night that he was carried away. It's the night before he went to the cross on the next day. This is the end of Jesus' earthly ministry. Peter had been with him three and a half years. Sometimes today when you hear people talk about conversion, they take conversion and they put it together with the new birth like they're all the same thing. Uh, but that is not what the Bible teaches us about conversion. Peter didn't need to be born again. Peter had been a follower, an apostle, a lover of Jesus Christ, and a, a teacher and a preacher with Jesus Christ for three and a half years. But Jesus knew that Peter was about to face a crisis in his life. Uh, Peter was about to face a difficulty. And I'm here to tell you, as disciples of Jesus Christ, many times we face uh, trials. Many times we're facing difficult times and points in our life when, when maybe we doubt ourselves what Jesus has done for us and what, to, and what we need to be doing for him. We get to a crossroads. And, and people, this happens to people all the time. They get to what people today will say, they get to a crisis of faith. Their things don't go well. Things are not going right in their life. They're having trouble. They're having problems. And suddenly they begin to wonder, is this thing of following after Jesus and of trying to be a Christian here in this world, is it really what I should be doing? Jesus knew that Peter was about to face such a difficulty.
And he said, and he and he told him very plainly what's really going on. You know, a lot of times we don't know what's really going on. Uh, and uh, and I, I look back, and if we turn back over to the Old Testament, uh, and we have Elisha there, with whose uh, the, the time when uh, Elisha had been pray uh, been uh, uh, telling the uh, the leaders of the uh, of the uh, of Israel what was going on in Syria. Uh, in fact, he was interpreting the Assyrian uh, king's dreams. And uh, finally, uh, one of the servants of the Syrian king told, Syria, the, told the king, says, the problem, king, is uh, every word you speak in your bedchamber, Elisha knows exactly what you're saying, what you're doing, what you're planning. And he says, well, then we need to go find Elisha. <laughs> and so they found out in Elisha, this very, uh, in this part of the world, down there on the, uh, the uh, Dothan newspaper, uh, let us go to Dothan. Uh, uh, well, uh, uh, what is it? What does it say? Uh, the Syrian king found out Elisha was in Dothan. And says we're going down there to where he is. <clears throat> they come down. They surround the little city of Dothan. Uh, Elisha, Elisha's servant, uh, servant uh, rises up the next morning and sees the hills filled with the Syrian army. <clears throat> and he looks at Elisha and says, uh, "Master, how shall we do?" Uh, he won't know. What's the outcome going to be? And Elisha uh, opened the eyes of the servant that was there with him, and the servant of Elisha saw on the hills surrounding the Syrian army were armies of fire and angels that God had there as a protection for Elisha and his servant. The point of me telling that is many times we don't know what's really going on. If we get locked into this natural world that we see, everything that we see going on, uh, whether it's, and I'm not trying to put some spiritual application necessarily on COVID viruses or riots in the street or whatever else. I'll just tell you this. We don't always know what's going on. We don't know. Why? Because we don't know the spiritual world. We don't see what's going on behind the scenes. If Jesus hadn't told Peter, Peter, uh, Satan desires to sift thee as wheat. Would Peter have had a clue what was really going on? Peter would not have known that it was Satan working behind the scenes. Satan wanted to bring Peter's ministry down. Satan knew that Peter was going to be a critical element of the New Testament church. Why wouldn't he want to destroy his life? Maybe you're an important part of the church today. Maybe Satan's trying to sift you as wheat and bring you down and destroy your ministry. Remember, when things begin to happen sometimes that cause your faith to wane and to doubt, maybe Satan's just working behind the scenes trying to bring you down. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I look around. Maybe I'm preaching this for me this morning. Uh, you know, sometimes I look around and I say, uh, "Things are decreasing. Things are not growing. Where are we going with our ministry? What are we doing?" Uh, and uh, and maybe Satan's just trying to sift me like wheat and cause my faith to fail and to doubt and to wane and to not be the strength that I should be. But Peter, but Jesus looks at him and he says, "Simon, Simon, behold, Satan had desired to have you." that he may sift you as wheat but I prayed for thee that thy faith fail not and when thou art converted strengthen the brethren now we know what we know what happens the rest of the night right uh, the, the soldiers come and 
Maybe I can uh, maybe I can turn over to at least a, a portion of some things that are going on uh, uh, at this time. But let's turn over to uh, John chapter 18 because this kind of picks up a place and it skips over a few things. But uh, uh, we turn over to John chapter 18 and uh, and we said uh, and, and we'll just start here. <clears throat> Uh, verse, verse seven. The the soldiers from the uh, from the uh, uh, the uh, Sanhedrin from the Jewish leaders show up to take Jesus away. And in verse seven, it says uh, Jesus asked asked them, "Whom seek ye?" And they said unto him, "Jesus of Nazareth." And Jesus answered, "I have told you that I am He." If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. Let, let these apostles depart. If you're just looking for me, well, what, a, what a leader, right? I mean, we think about leaders today. Uh, I, the, uh, sometimes you hear the old expression, you know, well, the, the leader will fall on the sword, you know, for, the, for those that are serving with him. They'll, uh, a, a good father, a good husband will, will fall on the sword to try to protect his family. And Jesus says, who are you looking for? We're looking for Jesus. I'm him. Let these others go. You look at, you're looking for me? Then here I am. You don't need them. Uh, they're not part of who you're here to see. All you need is me. Um, and he says, I told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled which he spake of, <clears throat> which he spake of them which thou gavest me, I lost none. Jesus didn't lose a single one of the ones that God had given him to serve with him. And I'll tell you, he didn't lose a single one of his apostles. He didn't lose a single one that the Father gave him to die for on the cross either. Uh, uh, not a single one has been lost. Uh, and he says, uh, and that the saying might be fulfilled. And then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his ear. The servant's name was Malchus. <clears throat> when I look at all the things that are going on around us today. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, the Bible tells us to be angry and sin not. Uh, the Bible tells us not to, uh, uh, to get caught into those kind of situations. But, you know, uh, and, and, I, and I encourage, uh, let's do what the Bible says. Let us be angry at the things that we see going on in the world, but don't let our anger get carried over to sin. And don't let our anger get carried over to where we do something that we shouldn't be doing in the name of Jesus Christ and the, the one that saved us. Uh, so, uh, but then we look at, but I, I, I wanted to get to the, one of these points here because I wanted you to see Peter was an apostle. Peter loved his Lord. Peter was a, was, is a great spiritual leader, but Peter was a man. <laughs> Peter was a man, and Peter had the failings of a man. And Peter wasn't always perfect. And I'm not saying I'm encouraging you. Well, if you, when you mess up, just say, well, oh, it's okay. Uh, no, I'm not saying to say it's okay. I'm just saying you can count yourself and look at this and say, I'm not lost and I'm not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not going to hell because I made a mistake, okay? Peter, who was an apostle, loved the Lord, cut off the servant's ear, the, the, the Malchus, the servant of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish servant soldier's ear, and it says that Jesus said unto Peter, Put up thy sword. Put up thy sword into the sheath. The cup which my Father hath given me, shall I not drink it? 
this is what I came for, Peter. They, I came here for them to take me away and take me to be uh, interrogated. I came here for them to take me away that I might, be, might go to the cross and that I might shed my blood, that I might redeem my people, uh, uh, that I might uh, uh, go to the tomb and that I might be raised up again. That's what I came for, Peter. Put up your sword. Uh, you know, if uh, and, and if it doesn't say, it, uh, well, it says it later uh, when he's on the cross, he could have called 12,000 legions of angels if need be to come and deliver him. He didn't need the sword that Peter had. Peter, put up your sword. This, this is why I came. This is what I'm here for. Uh, well, we know the rest of the story. They came, they take Jesus away. Uh, Peter follows uh, far off. Uh, and, and we go right on down through this. It says that they led him away to Ananias, for Annas first. He was the father of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. Now Caiaphas, he was, uh, uh, which gave counsel to the Jews uh, that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. And that disciple was known unto the high priest and went in with Jesus and unto the palace of the high priest but Peter stood at the door without. <clears throat> what, what, was, what was going on in Peter's mind? The Lord had already told Peter, said, Peter, I'm praying for you that your faith not fail. Peter has, about, has just seen the man that he loves, the man that, Je that in, if we go back to Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus was asking his apostles, who do men say that I am? Who was it that said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God? It was Peter. <laughs> Peter was the one that was there saying, Thou art the Christ. We know who you are. We know that thou art the one that we've been looking for for thousands of years. It was Peter. Now Peter gets to the point, this man he knows is the Christ has just been hauled off to jail. I mean, you know, more or less in today's terminology, he had just been taken captive. Peter had just had a crisis of his faith because he depended on the sword rather than depending on the Lord. And, and of course, we know the story. Jesus reached down and took the ear and placed it back on the servant's head, and the servant's ear was healed back instantly back onto his head. Now Peter's following far off. He's watching the inter inter uh, interrogation that's going on. And it says, Peter uh, uh, stood at the door without, then in verse 16 of John 18, Peter stood at the door without, then went out of the other disciple, which was known to the high priest, and spake unto her that kept the door, and brought in Peter. And, the, and then saith the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, Art thou not... <laughs> Art not thou also one of this man's disciples? And he saith, I am not. Jesus had already told Peter, by the way, I guess the part, the part that I skipped over there in all this was the fact Jesus not only told uh, Peter that when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. He told Peter, he said, this night shall you deny me three times before the cock crows in the morning, okay? And so uh, now, she, now the damsel brings in uh, Peter and she says, aren't you one of this man's disciples? I'm not me. No, I, I'm not. <clears throat> Peter is having a crisis of his faith. 
Peter is having a time where he's not sure he wants to stand firm because he's just seen the leader taken away captive. And if it hasn't already occurred, because sometimes as you're reading the Gospels trying to figure out, I, I don't think they've yet beaten him yet, but they've already taken him in there and began to question him and mock him and, and so forth. And Peter's seen this going on. Peter must have some idea where this is going. <clears throat> and Peter's afraid to say, yeah, I'm one of, the, I'm one of these guys. I'm his disciple, yes. <clears throat> and, uh, and then the servants and the officers stood there who made the fire of the coals, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves. And Peter stood with them and warmed himself. And the high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine and so forth. Uh, and, 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 uh, and Simon Peter, verse 25, stood and warmed himself. And they, sa and they said therefore unto him, Art thou also one of his disciples? And he denied it and said, I am not. <clears throat> <clears throat> we know as the story goes on, Peter not only denied him again, but when they asked him again, he cursed and said, I am not one of his disciples. And immediately the Bible tells us that Peter uh, uh, looked toward his Lord that was in there uh, on trial, and his eyes and Jesus' eyes met, and Peter ran out weeping bitterly. Now we could go on, and I'll just I'll give you the summary without turning to all the verses. Uh, we could go on. Jesus goes to the cross. Jesus dies. Peter's not there. John's there. Uh, but Peter's not there. Peter has fled away. Uh, now uh, uh, we find the Lord appearing to his apostles in a room, comes into them where they're eating and reveals himself to them that he is there. We also have Peter running uh, to the tomb to find that the tomb is empty. Uh, and Jesus appears to them uh, uh, and, and to others along the way and says, I'm alive. And after, and after all of this, Peter says, "Yeah, I've had enough of this stuff. I'm going fishing. John, John chapter 21. I'm going fishing. <clears throat> you, know the, you, know, you know how long it takes us? You know how long it takes us to get downright decrepit and, and, and our base nature return to itself again? Within a few days or a few weeks after the time that Peter had been walking with Jesus, following after him, believing in him, and doing all these things, and there with him that night in that upper room and had communion with him and told him he would never forsake him, Peter, Peter cries out and says, I'm going fishing. And not only that, when, when Jesus appears that night and Jesus is over there on the, on the shore cooking fish, because Peter had told all night and not caught a thing. The professional fisherman couldn't catch anything. Peter's, Jesus is over there on the shore with fish on the, on the grill. And when Peter sees that he's there and, call, and Jesus calls out to him that if he'll let down his net, he'll get a great draw to fish, just like he told him when he first met him. <clears throat> Peter realizes who is there, and the Bible says he jumped out of the boat and he was naked. He's out there in the boat naked fishing, and I'm just telling you, it doesn't take us long to turn back to our base nature when our faith comes to crisis and comes to failure. And Peter, and Peter, and Jesus had to tell Peter, Peter, 
do you love me? He says, you know I love you, Lord. He said, Peter, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, I know. Lord, you know I love you. Feed my lambs. And he had to tell him again. He says, Lord, thou knowest all things. You know that I love you. He says, then get busy feeding my sheep, Peter. And what do we find? Fifty days after the resurrection, the day of Pentecost comes. And who preaches the sermon? Peter stands up and preaches as one with authority that day. Peter had been converted from his doubt and his lack of faith. Peter had, had seen that and believed what Jesus had really called him to do was take up his cross and follow him. Now, I'll just tell you, that's not the only conversion that Peter had. Uh, there, and why, why do I bring that up in all this? Let me just say this. Our life is full of conversion experiences. Me and you. Us. Peter had to be converted to go to the Gentiles. Uh, you know, I've told this story. I went to Africa uh, to preach over there. The Lord, uh, the Lord had me just kind of casually say, "Well, you know, if ever, sometime one day, if there's ever an opportunity to go to Africa, yeah, I'll be willing to go." Not thinking I would really go, but God opened up a door, and I went. <laughs> We don't know what we may need to be converted from and converted to. Uh, today, in this land and country we're, li we're living in, just as this brother priest, there's not, there's not a black heaven and there's not a white heaven. And we're all of one blood. We all go back to Adam and to, to Noah, my friends. That's, how, that's who our ancestors are. All of us. Jew, Gentile, it doesn't matter. We might as well, as, uh, as uh, Elder Sonny Pilot said, we might as well get busy loving each other down here because we all going to be loving one another up there. <clears throat> and in, in this nation, in this country where we're living, if we'd learn to go back and apply the things that Jesus taught and be converted from our wicked ways and our thoughtless ways, then we'd get back to loving one another and be converted so that we could take up our cross. And maybe, who knows, maybe we're out there preaching the right message to the right people in the right way as our future goes forward. May God bless you in this coming week. I want to thank Brother Vincent for being here with us again this morning. It's always a pleasure to see him and know that he's come from Uganda to be here and to come and to share what's going on with him. And uh, to let us get that, get that refreshing that comes from Him. And as you go forward this week, what I want to encourage you, as disciples, we may have a lot of experiences like Peter. Right? But we still need to be disciples. And we need to be converted every day so that we get a little closer to Jesus along the way. May God bless you. Uh, and if you're here and you uh, haven't ever come forward before, then come forward this morning and uh, make your profession uh, that you're going to love the Lord with all your heart for all your life. May God bless you is our prayer.